Brought to you by the WZIP Sports Team, this is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. I didn't really plan to ask this, but since you brought it up, what's it like kind of having like your own meme? Like, how does that make you feel? <laughs> Exclusive original content. He crosses paths with another best in the world. Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Oh, that gets me excited. And of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the series, you don't like football. Well, like- I say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise the <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an extension of the greatest sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. You are listening to Sports Power Talk Overtime, and it's another episode of Hockey Talk. This is a very special one because the NHL regular season is done and the Stanley Cup playoffs are coming up the most underrated sports playoffs in the world and I cannot wait. My name is Casey Rush. I am your in-house Pence fan here at WZIP. I know I like to annoy a lot of my hockey people (laughs) here, but hey, but uh, Penguins do enough of the annoying, especially to their own fan base, and I am joined by the most passionate Blue Jackets fan that I know, and just the most passionate guy I know in general. It's Patrick Weber. How are we doing today, Casey? We are doing all right, Pat. How about you? Uh, Doing good. You know, we are recording this post the uh, Sports Power Talk. So if you, any of you would like to go listen to what we just talked about on air for the last two hours, check out our other podcast, uh, SPT Rewind. It will also be going up where if you miss a show on a Sunday and you want to go back and listen to it, well, now you can. You can go back and listen to any show that we have had in the last about two years. So go check it out if you want to hear some of the stuff we touched on. I know during the hot mic segment, during the last portion of the show, we kind of got into a little bit of a hockey debate. Yeah, we did. So that was that was a lot of fun getting a chance to kind of go back and forth with where we think Connor Bedard's going to go because he is a name that on this podcast and even on these airways we even, has been talked about so much. I'm excited. I'm excited whenever we get a hockey question on hot mic. I'm like, oh, yes, <laughs> this is my favorite time. This is my favorite place to get one. But, of course, we're going to be predicting our Stanley Cup playoffs and as well as what's going to happen next season. But before we get into that, I think we should have a few appetizers, samplers, if you will, of just what happened with the other 16 teams. We're including our Penguins and Blue Jackets. First, let's talk about what happened with the Penguins and the Blue Jackets. I'll start off going over the Penguins. So, long story short, the Penguins decided not to wait until the <laughs> summer to go on a roller coaster. Like, seriously, if I wanted to ride roller coasters, I would go to Cedar Point, not watch this team. And the Penguins, <laughs> the Penguins have gone up and down, up and down, up and down. Hot and cold, yes and no, and in and out. Shout out to Katy Perry. Now, roller coasters are great for amusement parks, not hockey. But wait, it gets even better. In the last two, in the last two games of the regular season, you have the Florida Panthers and New York Islanders both lose their games, and you have been given two contenders in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes to end the year with the Chicago Blackhawks at home on Fan Appreciation Night and the Blue Jackets in your final home, 
road game of the season. And the Pittsburgh Penguins would lose 5-2, to two, and then they would lose to Columbus in overtime 3-2, to two, screwing up both tanks in the Connor Bedard and eventually giving the Anaheim Ducks the top seed in the Tank League Cup playoffs. Now, the defense, for me, this year, the defense was absolutely horrible, boasting a plus-minus of minus 38. If you don't know what plus-minus means, it's basically the... It's basically the amount of goals, the amount of goals on regulation, and shorthanded, for for and against. That's basically what it is, and the core is absolutely washed, and the team needs a full scale rebuild as soon as possible. Pat, it, what do you think? It happens. I mean, the Penguins, as much as you know, it it does. Kind of hurt me to say it a little bit because, you know, I do love the city of Pittsburgh. I do love my Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, A lot of people in my family are Pittsburgh Penguins fans as well, Uh, despite the fact that I am a diehard Columbus Blue Jackets fan. So, you know, welcome welcome to what it's like to be in a rebuild. Um, It hurts. It it is awful. I mean, the Pens, uh, we we all knew this was coming, but I know a lot of Pens fans everywhere, they had that mindset of, you know, just give us one more season. We don't have to win the first round of the playoffs, but give us – one final true send-off to ultimately the team that, you know, you're not going to see Sidney Crosby around for no too much longer. You're not going to see Evgeny Malkin around for too much longer. You know, give those guys a proper send-off, go to the playoffs. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. You did drop both those games, but uh, you look on the bright side. I think that for how the season did end up ending for the Pens, I think it was a fairly successful season. You uh, almost made it to the playoffs there, so nothing to hang your heads about. Um, and in the process, you almost messed up, as much as you uh, hinted at, two of your rival teams' tanks uh, yeah. in Chicago and Columbus. Now, when Columbus won that game, um, you saw how Dan and I were reacting in the oh. chat. We were like, yes. furious. You we were. were so upset because at that time, for any of our listeners who may not know exactly what had happened going into that situation— uh, so the way that the draft lottery in the NHL works, this is why, as a Blue Jackets fan, Dan and I were so, so upset with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get in the lottery, you have to be in the bottom three teams to really have the best chance at getting that number one overall pick. It also extends out to the number four uh, worst team, uh, but mainly it's normally the la- uh, the first overall pick will land anywhere between the worst and the third worst team in the NHL. Well, the Anaheim Ducks with the Blue Jackets and the Blackhawks winning, they locked themselves in with the officially the worst record and worst overall standings in the NHL. The Jackets at that time found themselves in third place, one point away from jumping San Jose in the, into uh, being the fourth worst team, which would have effectively ended the Blue Jackets' hopes of getting Connor Bedard. And should, would that have happened, the Chicago would still have found themselves in third place. In third place... They never end up with the first overall pick anyway. We always see it bounce between normally whoever is the second worst team lands that number one overall pick, uh, but it's either one or two. And Pittsburgh pushed them right to the edge there, pushed both teams to the breaking point. Both the Blackhawks and Jackets finished one point away from finishing in fourth place because both teams held a tiebreaker over the San Jose Sharks and the Pens pushed it to the wire and the icing on the cake for the Pittsburgh Penguins season, the minute the clock struck midnight. Yep. Ron Hextall. I know you were ecstatic, yes, Casey. Yes, Ron Hextall is gone. gone. 
is yeah the penguins are doing their own version of spring cleaning over in the front office and this is just going to be a full-scale rebuild the penguins are going to blow it up we're potentially going to be trading i can even see us trading brian russ i could see us trading even train jake getzel because we're going to be blowing it up blowing up the core because this core is washed it's <laughs> old Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin can only do so much. And Chris Latane, I hate to say it, but you're done. Yep. You're you're well done. Just don't do what Chicago did. Don't no. hold on to those pieces for too no. long because we've seen how that affected Chicago. Yep. Patrick it Kane. Was horrible. And, yes. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, they're both gone. And not only that, but it also left Chicago with no idea of how to even formulate a rebuild because they're not used to needing to take time and work with prospects because normally right. any prospect they get they shove them off to another team I mean we've seen it with some of the greatest players in today's day and age in hockey uh the most notable name that anybody could think of in my opinion is Artemi Panarin oh yeah absolutely caught fire the minute he left so mm-hmm. I I want to say it's a good thing that you're hitting this rebuild kind of a thing now because even despite the fact that this is a rebuild the Pittsburgh Penguins as a name alone will draw in attention. Absolutely. You will draw in free agents. You will draw in a lot of attention in the draft. So, you know, it's okay to take a step back for mm-hmm. maybe one or two seasons because I know the Pens will bounce right back and be back on top of the hockey oh, yeah. world in no time. Absolutely. All right, so we talked about the Penguins. Now let's talk about the Blue Jackets. <laughs> what has been happening all season with with the team in the college town known as Columbus, Ohio? Um, Honestly, it was a little bit of everything. I mean – you know, going into the season, I know Jackets fans all over the world, we were focused on how good are we going to get this year. We have Johnny Gaudreau, the biggest name in free agency. Columbus, we never land big free agents because who wants to go play in Columbus, Ohio? I know. Johnny Gaudreau, what a signing. Mm-hmm. Little did we know that this season would end up being one of the worst seasons that the Columbus Blue Jackets have ever had to date yeah, in over I 20 years. I never would have thought we would be sitting second to last when we have Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine on our roster. And yet here we are. Uh, it was The season started off rough for the Jackets. We experienced a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries, especially to our defense, which early that made us basically become the Cleveland Monsters defensively, where we had yeah. none of our starting defense out there. And you could show, like that showed all season long where we were losing games upwards of 9-2 to two at the worst. Um, and I know that the goaltending was also abysmal. It was horrible. Yes, it was. N- not a lot done, but I, you can't put it all on the goaltenders when I was watching is Daniil Tarasov. Prime example. Um, or sorry, not Daniil Tarasov, Jet Greaves. His Jet first Greaves. ever uh, NHL start uh, officially as a Columbus Blue Jacket was... Uh, just this past season. And now we've seen Jet Greaves play in multiple games as a Blue Jacket, but never has he had a career start. Had his career start against the Toronto Maple Leafs. We lost that game 4-2. to Okay, you know, fairly decent outing. He saved over 50 shots on net. We are giving up, on average, 50 to 60 shots a night. So it's only fitting that, yes, we would be losing by scores of this margin because our defense is letting everything past them. Not like that, but it doesn't help when, you know, we did end up shipping off Jonas Corposalo, despite the fact that, you know, he had had a subpar season this season, but for the Jackets, he was exactly the goalie that we needed. He still had a save percentage at the end of the year of above a nine, 
which is what you need instead of, you know, the guy that we extend for five years. And he was my favorite player. Unfortunately, now I don't believe he is anymore. But Elvis Mers Lincoln's had one of the worst seasons I have ever seen by a starting goaltender. He was awful. And then not to mention the later half of the season, about the past month, he hasn't played. So, and it, it was a lot, not to mention the horrible coaching by now, thankfully, former head coach, Brad Larson. He's a horrible coach our goaltenders coach was horrible uh it was it went from you know how good are we going to be in the metro and how far can we make it this year to just close our eyes let this nightmare be over yeah because it it, it effectively was i've i've never seen a season blow up like this in any sport i'm talking you know we've seen the likes of the cleveland browns in 2016 you know we we've seen a lot of teams that are supposed to be so good and they, they just fall short, which is, you know, that's okay. But we've never seen something the likes of this in hockey yeah. ever. And, you know, lo- looking into the, in the next season, I think we might have a chance. I think next year we might actually have a chance, you know, with everyone being healthy, we cleared up a lot of cap space because we were sellers at the trade deadline. We shipped off a ton of pieces. I could actually see us bringing back a few of those uh, pieces that we shipped off. Uh, most notably, um, <clears throat> Vladislav Gavrikov, one of my favorite players. I I could see him coming back. Uh, we can't afford his contract. He has a very reasonable contract, and he wants to come back to Columbus, which is odd because you know most players don't want to come back to Columbus. Mm. Um, but I think we get him back in in the off season, help boost everything. But you know, it hit a point in the season where I I called it quits kind of early, and I just immediately started eyeballing again the name that we've talked about so much. Yeah. I have been eyeballing Connor Bedard and that number one overall pick. Thankfully, the Blue Jackets remembered how to lose, like how we've been going all season, because find ourselves second to last. Thankfully, I've never wanted a team that I root for to lose more badly than I have for the Jackets. It's absolutely bottom out this season. It's It's been a long, grueling season. It's been a tough three, four months, but it's okay because – we find ourselves still in the hunt for the Tankley Cup championship, I guess, the Tankley Cup trophy and Connor Bedard. And it, it's been it's been a rough rebuild, but I think that we're finally starting to see us. Uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel for the Columbus yeah. Blue Jackets. Yeah with, the, yeah, with the Jackets, as I mentioned before during the season, they did have a problem with the injury bug. Like Boone Jenner has been gone. Like Zach Berensky has been gone. And – I don't know what happened to Elvis Merce Lincolns. I thought he was this great goalie. Then he just collapsed out of nowhere. Yeah, it was, and, and it was sad, rough. <laughs> and sad part is he wasn't the only goalie to fall. Like, as you said, Corpusalo, he had some very he had some very poor performances. Yeah, and, and just taking a look at how all of the goaltenders that we had uh, fared in this season. I mean, Elvis Mers Lincolns, he played the most amount of goals or uh, most amount of games for us with 30 uh, with an overall record of seven and 18, giving up an average of 4.23 goals a game with a save percentage of uh, 0.876. Like that is just horrible. That's horrible. You know, it's bad when um, Michael Hutchinson, the guy that we brought in after we traded off Jonathan quick. Yeah. The, I want to say he's in his, I know he's in his 30s, 33-year-old veteran, a guy who has never seen good ice time because he's not a good goalie when he finished overall with a higher save percentage 
on the season it's crazy. than Elvis Mers Lincolns. It's crazy. Like I said, Corpusala was our only somewhat reasonable goaltender. He was the only goaltender on this roster to not have a losing record. He right. sat at 11-11 with 28 games played. Uh, best uh, or the lowest amount of goals given up on average other than, uh, like I said, Jack Greaves, who gave up uh, 3.05, but he only started the one game where he blow. Sorry, he broke a Columbus Blue Jackets rookie record and goaltending record for saves in a game by a rookie, effectively Crazy. ending Steve Mason's held record up until that point. Mm. Um, but you uh, you just take a look at, at what went wrong, and it was a little bit of everything. Like I said, Corpusala yeah. finished with the highest save percentage overall on this team, and he wasn't even on the team to finish out the second half of the season. Uh, he finished with an average for the Columbus Blue Jackets. He finished with an average of a save percentage of uh, .913. That's about average for your run-of-the-mill yeah. goaltender. Um, only 3.17 goals given up per game. Uh, but it was it was just a mix of everything that – basically anything that could have gone wrong for the Columbus Blue Jackets, it, it went wrong yeah. this season effectively. And it was rough, <laughs> Yeah, you <laughs> to, were to say the least. Yeah, and I know you're definitely rejoicing with Brad Larson being oh, yeah. gone. Oh, he, yeah. He, had, that, he was an assistant coach with the he, Columbus Blue Jackets. He was a great Jackets. assistant coach. He yeah. was phenomenal. Especially during the 2019 season when Absolutely. you guys swept one of the best teams in NHL history. Absolutely, but he was not the answer. We no, learned that extremely, extremely quickly. Fantastic assistant coach for any NHL franchises out there that you know need that assistant coach slot filled. Absolutely. Brad Larson is your guy. He's yeah. a phenomenal secondary leader, being the secondary voice, but he cannot take control of the game. He cannot mm-hmm. facilitate as a head coach should – like I said, early early in the season, we already saw these problems arising where during interviews with Patrick Lanning, Johnny Gaudreau, they would just flat out say, like, we don't know what we're doing at practice because Brad Larson doesn't know even how to facilitate a practice properly. No. To the point where they were doing nothing in practices except basically free skating. And for an NHL team, uh, that's horrible. That's absolutely yeah. horrible. I, I didn't like Tortorella. I'll be honest with you. I did not like Torts. Uh, was, was he a good coach for a while for the Jackets? Absolutely. His coaching style got outdated. I didn't want him around anymore. But I missed him so much. Oh yeah. This year, I bet you did. It was it was embarrassing, really, like hearing these reports come out. But thank God, Brad Larson is no longer at the helm for the Blue Jackets. Because I will literally, and I mean literally, take anybody else, because anybody else would be good, and I mean anyone would would be better at filling that that slot than. Brad Larson is. Yeah, one more question before we go on. Who do you want him to be the replacement? That's a good question. There, there's a lot of names, uh, you know, that, are, that have been floating around. Personally speaking, um, I would love for us to bring back uh, maybe one of our veteran players to fill in that spot. Like, Uh-oh. I'm thinking Rick Nash, maybe. Ooh, Rick Nash. Right? Think that about might it. Be he's, the only, he's the only really notable player to ever come through our franchise you stick around a long time. He's the only retired number we have. Yep. He's a voice that no matter who you are, when you're in Columbus, when you're wearing that jacket's jersey, you know his name. You respect him for who he is. He's got a strong voice. He's a very strong leader. I mean, he spent a majority of his career, willingly a majority of his career, with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I would love, love to see him. Um, I believe like another uh, name that's been floating around that uh, I, I could possibly see is um, – you know, Philadelphia has – there's debating on, you know, if Tortorella is really the guy, and I say mm-hmm. if they fire Tortorella. I know Patrick Lyonet doesn't like him, but maybe for one season, bring him back. Let, let's see what he might be able to do for this team yeah. because 
And I know that his coaching style is very outdated, but overall, I mean, he might be exactly what we need to officially push us up out of the rebuilding stage for the first time in four or five years. I think he might be the voice that we need. And I know for Jackets fans, I guess, like it's weird to think that, but he he might be what we need. His leadership and his experience as a head coach, you know, he's the only coach that has ever won a playoff series for us. He he might be the he might be the missing link. He he might be, but it all just remains to be seen. Like I said, I I'll I'll literally be fine with everybody as long as it's never Brad yeah. Larson ever again. Yeah, I like how you said Rick Nash, especially with the own, probably the most famous blue jacket in franchise history as of this point. Like, here's the thing: players rarely use players, and good coaches are rare to come by. Uh, the good player. Slash good coach combos rare to come by, and I really think Rick Nash could possibly be one of those, I, especially with as much time as he spent with the Blue Jackets. I think he could because system. I mean, he he's a guy that we will never as a Columbus Blue Jackets fan. I know, I, I get it when the Jackets you know we we go out and you know we we hate losing. We let it be known our fan base is extremely passionate. You know, but I think that this is a guy that you know it's Rick Nash. Yeah, it's it's Rick Nash. You. You can't go wrong with with having him being that voice. Like I said, even if it's for just one season, regardless. Like you can't pass up that opportunity, in my opinion, because no. the name that he is. Another, uh, just just one more name I'd like to throw out there: uh, Mark Letestu. I would Letestu. love because he he's been having a phenomenal coaching career so far, coaching stint uh, with the Cleveland Monsters. So it's almost like, you know, that's another big name that all Columbus Blue Jackets fans, we all know who Mark Letestu is. We all remember Mark Letestu from back in the early, or sorry, the mid-2000s to early 2010s. We remember what he did for our team. Uh, he, he is a fan favorite for sure. And like I said, he's been having a very successful coaching career so far in Cleveland. So maybe it's time to give him a call and get him up in a suit and tie on the side of the ice for the Jackets, you know. I, True. I think by relying on a former player, I think a former player is even better to rely on, especially for a team like the Jackets where, you know, we are still a fairly young franchise. Let's give one of the old players a shot, you know. Like I said, Rick Nash would be my number one that I, I would love to see him suit up. Sim- it's like similar type of a situation where, uh, you know, Casey, we're Steelers fans. We've seen the reports mm-hmm. that, you know, we're trying to get Ben to come. Coach, Oof. I would love to have, you know what I mean? Like, just that veteran presence, a guy that's played there for a long time. He knows the systems. He's been in a lot. He's had a lot of different head coaches. Right. He's seen countless different scenarios. I mean, Rick Nash especially. He saw the lowest of the lows for the Jackets to those early playoff appearances that we had as a franchise. He's seen everything in between. He's had almost any experience with this team that you can have under the sun for this sport. Let him have his chance. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, now let's go over the top content- contenders for the Carbonard sweepstakes, Tankley Cup playoffs, whatever you want to call it. So, of course, the Columbus Blue Jackets are the number two seed in the Tankley Cup playoffs. Now let's go over the top five con- contenders. At the very bottom, you got the Anaheim Ducks. God, the Ducks were just so abysmal. And, of course, we talked about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Number three is the Chicago Blackhawks. Number four is the San Jose Sharks. And number five is the Montreal Canadiens. Now, the question is, where does Bedard go now? You know, the bias in me is obviously going to say that he will be a Columbus Blue Jacket. He he fits our scheme 
perfectly in terms of, you know, you know, we like we talked about on, on air just a sh- short, about 30 minutes ago before this. At the time of this recording. At, at the time of this recording. Um, we, like we talked about what team has the best system for them, and it has to be Columbus mm-hmm. because we're the only team that, despite the fact that, yes, we finished this poorly, look at the star power that our team has. I mean, Johnny Gaudreau had a fantastic season this year, despite again being on the second worst team in the entire NHL. You you look at some of the stats that he had: seventy four points, very very good season. Followed Patrick Laine, fifty two, another solid season. And Laine actually ended up missing about two months of the season as well. So to see him put in this type of work there, you know, Boone Jenner forty five, Roslovic forty four, Kent Johnson with forty points on the season. You know, we've got. Such a well-rounded team. Our defense just fell a little bit short. But we have the best system to build up yeah. Connor Bedard. If not us, then I would like to see him go to Anaheim. Absolutely. The only team in the bottom five I absolutely do not want him to go to is the Chicago Blackhawks. Because yes. he, they will. They will. And I will stand by this. If the Blackhawks get Bedard, they will ruin his career. Mm-hmm. They will make it so that Connor Bedard becomes the biggest draft bust the NHL has ever seen mm-hmm. because they, they have no prospects. They have no knowledge of how to None. cater to a young star like this. The Jackets, we've been doing it our entire 20-plus year existence now. This is all we've been doing. Yeah. And that's why I think I, I want to see him go to us. I think he will go to us because, you know, like we talk about, the number one and number two lowest, those are the always locks for the first two picks because, yes, they throw in the other names, but it's very rare that you'll ever see – Three, four, five, get that number one overall. It's always between whoever's actually the worst and then the second worst. Yeah. So I'm hoping that when that May 8th date comes around, that the Columbus Blue Jackets logo is on that gold card. And either way, even if, you know, the Jackets don't get the number one overall, the number two prospect in this draft is just as good. He's just as big of a name as Bedard. It just so happens that Connor Bedard, you know, with the level that we see in hockey is the only sport you can pretty much accurately predict who's going to be good and who's not. I know yeah. the NBA and the NFL, you don't know. You know, you, you take a gamble. They might have big names, but you'll never see the productivity. Hockey's the only one that you can almost, 99% of the time, if you know this kid is going to be something special, he is going to be something special. That's just how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, that that second prospect in there, Fantilli, he's also a, fan, he's a phenomenal prospect too. But it just so happens that Connor Bedard, I mean, he's Connor Bedard. That we're talking, we're talking about the next Connor McDavid here. So, you know, I, I want to see the Jackets logo on that gold card. I don't think that's going to come to pass, though. Um, the realistic option for me is I do think that uh, Anaheim ends up with them to give a little bit of life to that dying fan base and franchise. The Ducks really, yeah. I mean, they've been bottom barrel for a while. They haven't really left a lasting impact on the league. So, in the past, you know, few years. So it's probably going to be them. If not them, like I said, it will be the Columbus Blue Jackets. But what a race this has been for the yeah, bottom. I, I mean, can't wait. Especially this season. It, it, the top two prospects alone, like I said, whether you get Bedard or Fantilli, they're both going to impact your franchise immediately. But you want Connor Bedard if you can get him. Yeah, the thing is, I don't want to see him become a Chicago, Chicago Blackhawk either. They don't deserve him. No. Whatsoever. You wasted, after your dynasty with three cups in six seasons, you wasted Patrick Kane, and you wasted Jonathan Taves. They're both gone, and Patrick Kane right now is thriving on a Stanley Cup contender he went on the from, New York Rangers. He, he went from a player where we were questioning, and his time on Chicago earlier this season, where we were questioning, you know, is Patrick Kane going to even play past this season? 
yeah. where it was looking like he was having such an off season that he might retire, call it quits, get shipped off to New York. It's and, like watching vintage yep. Patrick Kane and all then, over again. Yeah, it was more like <laughs> cue, cue the angelic voices and music. Yeah, Patrick <laughs> Kane. Yeah, I'm glad Patrick Kane is playing on the New York Rangers. He's on a brand new Stanley Cup contender, and Connor Bedard is going to be ruined. It's going to take more than one year to build around this guy. Because who does Chicago have? Seriously, Seth who Jones. Do they have. They they have Seth Jones, and um, he is about the only player that I could even give credit to, and I don't even want to give him credit. No. And with Anna, of course, with Anaheim and Columbus, they both have tremendous prospect pools. Our, our prospect pools um, between Anaheim and Columbus, number one and number two in the league, easy, yeah. easy. I mean, you you look at the Cleveland Monsters. If you ever want to go see our prospects play, go watch the Cleveland Monsters. Stellar. Yep. Stellar. Bedard, stellar out there. And Bedard can definitely turn these players into things you desperately need or and or don't want to face when you see them on your schedule. And that's the thing with Connor Bedard. It's, he's, it's he's, gonna going be awesome. to, he's going to change a lot of stuff in this league. Whichever team gets him, they're going to be very lucky. I'm just hoping. I'm praying because with, with the Kraken making the playoffs in their second season, that was like, awesome. as, it, it, it's cool to see them make it, but like as a Jackets fan – it is just like seriously, you know what I mean? It's like we've been here for over twenty years. Like I know that's still very, very young for a franchise, but where's our, where's okay? Where's our little bit of hope? We won one <laughs> playoff. We won one playoff series in our twenty plus years of existence, and it's just kind of like you know I'm watching. You know, you watch like Las Vegas, their first season in the league. They go to the NHL play. Like they go to the Stanley Cup. They made yeah, it all the way to the literally. Stanley Cup. They were the three Seattle wins Kraken. Away. Yeah, the Seattle Kraken, second season. Therein, the Minnesota Wild, founded the same year the Columbus Blue Jackets were. They've had phenomenal success in the postseason. And I'm over here, you know, all Jackets fans, we're all wondering, you know, our fan base is too good for this team. Yeah. Our fan base is way yeah, too you good for this team. Sh- yeah, you show up. You're like the Chicago Cubs fans of the NHL. You show up whether they win. You show up whether they're in dead Every last game. in the league. It's it's amazing and, what you guys can do. And then you look at teams where, like, I had the – uh, privilege. I mean, I'm wearing the Vegas Golden Knights hat right now, but I had oh, the yeah. privilege of actually going to a Golden Knights game in mm-hmm. my time in Las Vegas. Uh, just uh, actually just passed this, uh, this past weekend. Yeah, and how was um, that? Oh, it was phenomenal. Uh, it was it was a great time. I will say that they they have a very very beautiful arena. Uh, they do. I hate the name of their fan base though. The medieval maniacs, like what is that? The fifth line I mean, is way better. I'm sorry. I mean, Vegas Golden Knights. Come on. It makes sense uh, in terms of like the energy in that stadium. It, it was it was very very good. I mean, they were playing the Los Angeles Kings, but the only next other thing I want to talk about is for a team that, that is that good, their fan base has got to be the worst fan base, and I mean it's, they have got to be I mean, the worst fans that I have ever seen in any sporting event that I have ever gone to. It's because they're spoiled. Have you not seen them these last five years? I know they're spoiled, but I'm talking like even when I I've, – I've seen a Yankees game uh, at Yankee Stadium. I saw a Yankees-Mets game at Yankee Stadium. And even Yankees fans, they are like the epitome of spoiled uh, children of, uh, of a fan base. I know. Even they were there the entirety of the game. Because with six minutes left to go in the Las Vegas Golden Knights-Los Angeles Kings game, Vegas found themselves up by five goals. Uh, quite – large margin, but you got to think that the Kings are still vying for a playoff spot at this point. Vegas had already clinched, but they were vying for the number one in the Pacific. Right. With five minutes, five, six minutes left to go in the game, 
the entire stadium cleared out. Empty. What? Barren. At, at puck drop, I counted in a stadium that holds less. Might I point out, Las Vegas, the biggest name in the hockey market right now. Sin City, one of the biggest cities and biggest sources of income in the United States of America. They have a stadium that, I want to just want to say this, they hold less fans in their stadium than the Columbus Blue Jackets do. They have mm-hmm. less seating at T-Mobile than they do at Nationwide. Oh. And they were not sold out for a rival game. What? To clinch the number one overall seed, they did not what? have a sold-out stadium. Un- at Unreal. All. And that's when I sit back and I'm like, that's a fan base of a winning team. Okay? That's how they act. What about the Jackets? Nationwide arena, like you said, no matter how bad or how good we are, anywhere in between, we could be bottom of the barrel or number one in the NHL. It doesn't matter. Nationwide arena is sold out every single game. I know. And we stick around. The only time I've ever seen the Jackets fans leave the stadium was, uh, I believe it was in October when we did play the Pens. We played you guys. Yeah. Uh, and we were up 3 nothing and then lost the game 6-3. That is the only time I will say I saw the Blue Jackets fans flooding out of the stadium. And that was still with three minutes left to go in the third period. But, I mean, that's when the third goal went in and we were like, yeah, no, like there's no chance of us winning this game. Yeah. And, honestly, for Jackets fans, you know, Jackets fans and Pens fans, typically we don't get along too well. No, we don't. So there's quite a bit of trash talk that also led to people leaving. But, like I said, it's just – how do you have a fan base of a team that is as good as the Vegas Golden Knights and they act like that? And then you have a fan base like the Columbus Blue Jackets where we actually care about our team and we just can't see the success. Yeah. It's it's kind of disheartening. But hopefully we'll get that changed around because, I mean, it's to the point where it's like Vegas doesn't deserve their team, so we should just swap. Yeah. They can take who we have for their fan base because their fan base acts like they lose every game. So you can take, yeah. you can take what we have. But we, so here's, here's what I'm going to say. We keep Goudreau and Line A, all right? They can take everybody else. Just go take them. And we'll, yeah. take the, we'll, we'll take the Golden Knights team. Oh, I yeah. will gladly Absolutely. take their team Yeah, and, I, and go from there. But it's just like, where, where, where's the love? <laughs> I will admit, I've been to more Blue Jackets games than I have Pens games because, hello, the Jackets are right down the an road. hour away. Yeah. An hour away down I-70, I-71, I-77. And... <sighs> This Blue Jackets fan base, they deserve a lot better. A lot better. And I think Connor Bedard is definitely going to help them out. I'm hoping. I, I need to see, in the next 20 years, I need to see number 98 hanging from the rafters with a Bedard on top right next to Rick Nash and right next to Kivy. And how, uh, That's all I need to see right there. And how about a Stanley Cup banner to go with that? I, I, I'm to the point where I know a lot of Jackets fans, we're to the point you know, we've got four years to do this. We've got four years until Line A's contract is up. Yeah, we have Goudreau for another six. But we've got four years and Line A's contract is up. We are not going to have – we we do not have the money to extend his contract when that no. expires. We, we don't. No matter who we cut, who we trade away, we do not have the money to extend him. We have four years to do this. Yep. We have got to capitalize on this. Otherwise, if we don't have it – we're never going to win the Stanley Cup, but I'm to the point where I just want to see us make it that far. Absolutely. I'm to the point where it's like if we even made it to – if we even made it past the second round, I would be thrilled. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at. I know a lot of Jackets fans, that's where we're at because it's been just a disheartening time. It's been uh, it's, it's it's been quite a lot, but mm. – Yeah, you know, we're on the come up. We're on the come up, but – 
Ugh, it is what it is. I'm I'm ready to move away from the woes of the Blue Jackets making me depressed again over here. (laughs) I am as well. And we'll move away those woes from for today because we just finished our appetizers. Let's get to the entrees. Let's get to our 2022-2023 Stanley Cup playoff predictions. We have been waiting for this for seven whole seven or eight whole months. I cannot wait. Even though both of our teams aren't in it, it's still going to be exciting playoffs nonetheless. Now let's go over every first round series. To start off, we got the President's Trophy winning Boston Bruins, arguably the best team in NHL history, 65 wins, including a 60-goal scorer in David Pasternak, and then Linus Olmark with 40 wins in the the crease for the Boston Bruins. And they will be going up against, actually, last year's President's Trophy winner in the Florida Panthers, the first time in NHL history ever since the President's Trophy has been a thing. I don't think Boston is going to have any trouble in this matchup. If this team doesn't win, then this season becomes one to forget. Now, of course, we talked about I talked about David Pasternak and Linus Olmark, and of course, on, with Florida, you got Matthew Kachuk and Carter Verhege. They can do some damage. But Pat, what do you think? I'm going to be honest with you here. I don't think the Bruins are going to make it out of the first round, and I say this really? because it's it's the President's Cup curse. We've seen it every single season, almost that whoever wins the President's uh, Trophy does not. They, they can't make it. I don't know what it is, but there's something about being the best of the best that it's a, it's a curse, point, period, end of it. And it, they're playing against the Panthers. And, you know, if you're looking at some of the uh, maybe notable injuries going into tomorrow's game, I mean, Boston, the only really notable game, that, or only really notable player they might be down is Patrice Bergeron, but it's still mm-hmm. one of your uh, go-to guys while he's on the ice. So they'll be down to him. Florida's missing nobody. The Panthers are completely healthy and ready to go all cylinders firing um regardless of how you want to look at it this is going to be a phenomenal phenomenal series i think this will probably be the series that'll be the most entertaining throughout the stanley cup playoffs until we actually get to the stanley cup finals but i i just kind of look at you gotta look at the stats side by side i mean both both teams score about the same amount of goals per game but the glaring difference is the goals against where florida they give up on average about they score about three and a half. They give up about three and a half a game. All their, all their games are very close, very entertaining. Then you look at Boston. They score a little over three and a half goals a game, but they only allow two goals a game scored against them. So it is going to be very, very curious. It's going to be a very uh, curious thing to see how this series turns out. Uh, Boston, they've been lighting it up in the later half of the season. They have been, like you said, absolutely lights out they have been the hottest team that we have ever seen in the nhl they're on an eight game win streak to end the season whereas florida they're on a two game losing streak mm-hmm. so that losing streak might have something to play into it i'm not 100 percent sure but just, just taking a look at it i think florida might have what it takes to pull it off uh if not in this first round if boston does advance i think they might go out in the second round but i just don't know if boston has what it takes to at least make it all the way this year yeah, just based on like I said, the President's Cup trope. It's the President's Cup uh, curse. Mm. So we'll see. Will Boston be the one to break it? Maybe because they 
they did break the uh, record for wins in a season. So can they break the curse? So, I guess we'll have to see. So the Bruin, So you got the Panthers in how many games? I've got regardless of the Panthers or Bruins because I can't really decide. It'll be a game decided in seven. Ooh. By far, this game will be just the most entertaining show that you'll be able to watch on ice. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I know the Presence Trophy curse is still a thing, but this team, this Boston Bruins team, just doesn't look like a 2019 Tampa Bay Lightning collapse. I do think they're going to put in more than one period of effort this year, and I think it's going to be Bruins in five, actually. Okay. Because now both teams do have around the same power play percentage, but the penalty kill is where the Bruins thrive. It's where they thrive. They're the best, one of the best defenses in the NHL, one of the best offenses in the NHL. How can you not pick against? How can you not pick against Florida here? Give me the Boston Bruins in five games. So next up, a very familiar matchup. We got the Toronto Maple Leafs going up against the former two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, Tampa Bay Lightning. You got William Nylander and Mitchell Marner going up against one of my favorite hockey players, in all honesty, Braden Point. And then you got Nikita Kucherov, a rematch of last year's first round. Who do you think is going to make it out? Does Toronto finally do it, or does Tampa Bay continue the curse? Tampa Bay's got to continue the curse here. I mean, the Maple Leafs, you know it's bad when the Jackets have more second-round appearances than you do in the past (laughs) 20 years. So... Ah, yeah, man, the Leafs are just a cursed team. They the Lightning are. got this one in the bag. I, I I, can never really bet against Tampa Bay, unless we're talking, of course, 2019. Yeah. Then I'll bet against them all day, every day. But I'm not betting against them this time, not against the Leafs. So how many games? I say they take it in six. You, Wow, you don't even have Toronto making it to game seven this time. I, I do not. I just don't think they have it in them. I mean, it, it, it's a curse. For like for sure, I mean they they have not seen the second round and I can't I don't even know I can't even tell you the last time they even made it to the second round of the playoffs I I don't think they're gonna make it again this year. See, I see it as less of a curse and more of a international holiday, Leafs Elimination Day. I oh, look yeah. forward to those days. And here's the thing with Toronto, we say this every year: win four games in the playoffs. And then we'll start talking about you and take you seriously. And I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think it's going to be lightning in seven games. They're going to lose in their game seven. And Toronto's just going to cope, seethe. There's going to be enough salt to clear the entire country of Canada for the next millennium. Give me Tampa Bay in seven. Next up, we got the Metro Division champions, Carolina Hurricanes, going up against the New York Islanders, some players to watch out for, Sebastian Ajo and Martin Nitches. I think that's how you pronounce it. Whatever. They'll, he'll go up against Brock Nelson from the New York Islanders. And the Hurricanes will look to win at least one game on the road this time because out of four games, only one home team has won, and that was the Carolina Hurricanes. Only one road team has won, and that was the Carolina Hurricanes. Excuse me. Now, Carolina won 
zero row games last year. Do you think that's going to change, or do you think? What do you think of this series? This is a tough series to try to really. Mm, I I want to give it to the Islanders because uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Carolina. Obviously, they are the powerhouse in our division, so I'm not the biggest fan of them. However. I don't see a way that the Hurricanes don't easily handle the Islanders here. Um, even though the goaltending uh, for the Islanders is far better than it is for the Hurricanes, the Hurricanes' offense, it can't be denied. They can't be stopped. I see no reason why it won't be Hurricanes, and I, I'll give it to them in five. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you as well. We finally agree on a pre- – oh, wait, no. We agreed on the Lightning here. But – I have the Hurricanes winning in six. I think they finally get a road win this year. And I did mention that only one road team is won. Only one home team is won. I apologize for that. And that was Carolina. So, we both have the Hurricanes. He has them in five. I have them in six. Coming up, we got a little Hudson River rivalry. The Hudson River is going to run red and blue because we got the New Jersey Devils going up against the New York Rangers. The Devils, of course, one of the youngest teams in the NHL, led by Jack Hughes, and they'll be going up against uh, the Rangers team, which has gained a lot of experience with Artemi Panarin and Mika Sabanajad. As I mentioned before, the Devils are young, and the Rangers do have experience. Now, Pat, who do you have winning this? The young talent in New Jersey or the experienced core in the Rangers? I, I want to say New Jersey here. Um, you know, looking at Jack Hughes, what a season. What a season for him. But also, what a season for Artemi Panarin. And not only that, but what a season for Zibanejad as well. I'm, I'm just looking at both teams here. I don't think I can bet against Shesterkin. I know last year he crumbled in the playoffs. But I don't see a way that the Rangers, despite being the lower seed in this series, I don't see why they can't take it to the uh, Devils. Give me the Rangers in seven. This is going to be another phenomenal, phenomenal matchup, but I just can't. I, I can't bet against Shusterk and Panarin and Zibanejad, uh, not to mention Patrick Kane out there as well. Oh, yeah. They, especially in the later half of the season, they have been firing on all cylinders. Now, I know they are coming into um, this series losing, surprisingly, uh, three of their last five. Um, however, all three of those losses were by one goal. Two of them, uh, or sorry, one of them they lost by one in overtime, another one lost by one in a shootout. So they're taking it to them, to say mm-hmm. the least. But I, I, I really like New York in this series. I, I just really do. Yeah, I, yeah, I absolutely agree, Pat. The Rangers, they're just one of the more dangerous teams, especially in the Metropolitan Division, which is the most dangerous division in the NHL. The I'm glad that New Jersey was able to end a little playoff drought themselves. I'm glad they made it for the first time since 2018. I think they will have a little more exper- little more success in this playoffs, but I only have them winning two games this year. Give me the Rangers in six. So... Let's go from the Eastern Conference. Let's go now to the Western Conference. With the Western Conference regular season champions, the Vegas Golden Knights. Pat, Pat saw this team, unfortunately. 
and they will go up against the Winnipeg Jets. You got Jonathan Marchessault and Jack Eichel going up against Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor. This will be a rematch of the 2018 Western Conference Final. Now, to me, performing on the road is going to be key in this game. You got the obnoxious Vegas fans, as Pat mentioned, versus the Winnipeg Whiteout. Do you think this is going to play a factor in this series or not? It, it's it's tough. I mean, hmm. It, it was tough for me to pick who I want to win because I genuinely hate both of these teams so much. Uh, Vegas, it, self-explanatory. Nobody yeah. likes Las Vegas. The Jets, obviously, I hate them because Dubois. But uh, it's got to be Vegas. I mean, they, they have the experience. Despite being a very, very young team in the NHL still, their players, they have the experience. They've been in the playoffs almost every single season. They've been to the Stanley Cup Finals before. They're going to handle business with Winnipeg, no problem. Give me the yeah, give me the Knights in five. Yeah, you and I have the exact same prediction. We ha- I also have Vegas in five. I just think the crowd for Vegas is going to be too much. The Winnipeg Whiteout can only do so much to drown out. I will say that. The the Golden Knights fan base, the medieval maniacs or whatever they call themselves, uh, when they are there in the arena, they are very loud. That stadium is, I think that stadium is probably the loudest stadium arena that I've ever been in since the Columbus Blue Jackets' last playoff run, uh, where fans were allowed there. Obviously, the last run we had was during COVID, uh, but during the 2019 season, the last arena I had been in that had even come close to being that loud was 2019, Columbus Blue Jackets, Boston Bruins. Uh, I want to say it was game four or game five of that series, mm-hmm. which everyone ended up dropping back at home. Uh, yeah, it was loud then, but like I said, Vegas, they get loud for any any games, but it's just their fans don't stay around. But they don't need to stay around when Vegas, they go out, they start out hot. I mean, on oh, average yeah. in the first period, they'll score two or three goals average in the first period. I just don't think that Winnipeg is going to have what it takes to even come close to shutting down Las Vegas. Yeah, especially with Jonathan March Salt and Jack Eichel, as I mentioned. And now let's go on to the Edmonton Oilers going up against the Los Angeles Kings. Yet another rematch of last year's first round. So you have Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid going up against Anze Kopitar and Kevin Fiala. Now, these two teams, they did go the distance last year in the first round, and I expect the same amount of fireworks in this series. There will be no quick this time for L.A. How is this going to affect them in this series? If I'm being just blatantly honest here, all right, I'm going to have the Oilers sweeping the Kings. And I'm saying that because I know that I have a lot of homerism in me for two players on L.A., um, despite the fact that when I was in Las Vegas watching the, them play the Kings and me wearing a Golden Knights hat, I was still donning my Columbus Blue Jackets jersey. And I will tell you, I had never cheered for somebody as hard or as loud as I did when uh, Gavrikov scored that shorthanded goal. I was on my feet. Nobody could say anything to me, though, because I'm a Blue Jackets fan. But El- or, not Elvis, sorry, uh, Jonas Cor- <laughs> I'm getting both bad goaltenders mixed up here. I apologize. But Jonas Corposalo, <laughs> he, no. Uh-uh. Just no. Nope. I saw him give up four goals in the first period against Vegas, four goals in what, like five shots? 
Yeah. It, no, just no. Mm-mm. Yeah. They or uh, L.A. No. Mm-mm. They they don't have what it takes. It, it's the goaltending alone that does it for me. I mean, the fact that you have to rely on Jonas Corposalo being your number one option. Not not great. Not great at all, especially going up against Connor McDavid. I mean, we I watched the Golden Knights handle him. They had Phil Kessel scored in like the first two minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. They let Phil Kessel score a goal in the first two minutes Pittsburgh, of the game. Pittsburgh it, legend, Phil Kessel. They, they're just absolutely – if you let the caveman of hockey score in the first two minutes of the game, no. I'm giving no. you no games. Edmonton and four, there, there's no way they're going to stop Connor McDavid. Zero chance at all that Connor McDavid gets stopped. Yeah, originally I had the Oilers in seven, but then I realized, oh, yeah, Quick is not there, and your goaltending it needs to be on par for the series, especially when you're going up against Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Darnell Nurse. That's not going to happen. Give me Edmonton in five, actually. So, moving on, we got the reigning, defending, undisputed Stanley Cup champions, Colorado Avalanche, Going up against the sophomores in the NHL, the Seattle Kraken, they make it to the postseason for the first time in franchise history. Of course, on Colorado, you got Nathan McKinnon, and you got Mito, Miko Rantanen, and then you got Jerry McCann and Vince Dunn. Now, both of these teams are going to be without some players because you got no Gabriel Land because Gabriel Landeskog, the captain for Colorado, is out. And then for Seattle, you you don't have Andre Burakovsky, which is a shame because I really wanted to see these two play each other. And despite some of the fun taken away, I still think this should be a fun series. Pat, what do you think? It's going to be a very entertaining series. And I I want, obviously, I'm, I love Seattle. Uh, they do have one of my favorite hockey players on their roster, Oliver Bjorkstrand, and I, I want to see him have some success. Uh, however, um, I do believe... Hmm, It's gonna hurt me to say it, but you know, I, I can't bet for Seattle. I want to. I, I can't. They're playing against the Colorado Avalanche, the reigning champions, a team that has the experience to be in this position yet again. Uh, the Kraken, yes, they made it, which is absolutely phenomenal for a second-year team to make it to the playoffs. Um, however, I do have the Colorado Avalanche winning this game, or pardon me, winning the series in six. I just think the Kraken's inexperience as a franchise alone. Uh, also mixed in with the inexperience of the players on the roster. I just don't see it uh, working out very well for Seattle. Um, so I have to give it to Colorado in six. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Pat. Give me the abs in six. Now they do have some – now Seattle does have some veterans. Of course, of course, Jerry McCann, he's obviously going to be explosive. And Brandon Tanev, is Brandon Tanev on Seattle still? I'm not going? 100% sure. I I want to say that he is. Mm. I, I I think he see. is. Let me see. Brandon Tenev. Yep, he's still on the Kraken. And, there, and that's another good player right there for Seattle, but I just think Colorado is going to be too much. Give me the Avs in six as well. And, of course... Last but certainly not least, we got the Dallas Stars going up against the Minnesota Wild. I remember watching this matchup in 2016, and I thought it was a really, really good matchup. But this time around, now you got Jason Robertson, one of our favorite players this season, going up against Kirill Kaprizov. 
Now, the Wild, they have a little bit of injury trouble. They, they're out of Joel Erickson Eck. Now, the problem is, can the Stars stay consistent, especially when you go up goaltenders like Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson? They're going to have a lot of weight on their shoulders. How do you see this series going? I want to give it to the Wild because um, I am a huge, huge lover of Kaprizov. He's one of my favorite players to watch, as well as Zuccarello. However, uh, Zuccarello still has not been fully cleared to play against Dallas in the early part of this series, at least. Um, So the Wild might be down Zuccarello, which would be detrimental to that team. Yeah, Um, Just taking a look at everything across the board as well, I mean – Give me Dallas in seven in, in this series. I think the Stars, they have a little bit more power. I think their goaltending core is a little bit better. And, again, if uh, the Wild have to play any amount of games without Zuccarello, that's going to just absolutely drain the confidence, drain the energy, drain anything that was going their way. Uh, so I think Dallas is going to take this one in seven. Yeah, especially with the Otter skating in the crease for the Dallas Stars. And I just – especially with Matt Zuccarello potentially being out, your team leader in assists, I just don't see how you can do well against the Dallas Stars. I'm a little more, I'm a little more punishing on the Wild. Give me, I have the Stars in five, actually. Okay. Either way, I have the Stars winning at home. So now that we got our first round matchups out of the way, let's try to predict the rest of the of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Of course, in the second round, I had the Bruins and the Lightning. You had the Panthers and Lightning. How do you see the Battle of the Sunshine State going down? Lightning all the way, even though I, I don't like them. <laughs> you can't bet against the Lightning. Yeah, I've, I've learned that the hard way a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> give me the Lightning in that. I mean, overall, I, I, mean, I already know who I have going to the uh, Stanley Cup final. Yeah. But – We'll, we'll get into that in just a we'll get few to, short minutes. We'll get to that in a few <laughs> minutes. But I actually have the President's Trophy curse not striking just yet. I have the Bruins beating the Tampa Bay Lightning and finally getting rid of the Lightning fake dynasty. Thank you. Gosh. Please happen. <laughs> Please happen. And, of course, we both have the Rangers and the Hurricanes going into this facing off against the winner of that one. Now, who do you have facing? Rangers in six in that one. You have the Rangers in six. I will not bet against Shesterkin. I will not do that. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I have the Bruins in six against the Lightning. And give me the the Rangers in six, winning in Madison Square Garden. Now, I have the Oilers and the Knights, and so does – and so does Pat – Pat, how do you see that series going down? Even though I really don't like this team at all at Vegas. I mean, again, they've, they've been in this position before. They've been in the playoffs before. They've been to the Stanley Cup finals before. They know what they have to do to get there. I think they have a chance of doing it again. Um, a better chance than Edmonton, at least in my opinion. So I, I do see the Golden Knights taking it. I would say uh, give me the Knights in five. You see, I have this series going a little bit differently because, of course, it's hard to pick against Vegas, but with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, 
And the problem is, is Mike Smith going to be the consistent goaltender that Edmonton desperately needs, especially going up against Jonathan March Salt and Jack Eichel? I think it might happen. Give me the Oilers in seven games, winning game seven in overtime in front of their fans. I know, Pat, you would love it, and I would love it as well. Now let's go over the stars and the avalanche for me and Pat. So, Pat, let's start with you. Who do you have? Do the defending, do the defending Stanley Cup champions go out just yet? Unfortunately, they do go out. I have the Dallas Stars winning that series in six. I think just, although the Avalanche did find themselves back in the playoffs, we've seen they a did. drastically different road to that uh, to the playoffs spot that they had this year than they did last year. Um, especially, you know, in the offseason, we saw them lose quite the number of key players that got them to that point. Um, although they did have a very, very good follow-up season uh, to winning the Stanley Cup, I think that they're – uh, lack of depth that they had last year is going to haunt them. So I do have the Dallas Stars taking this game in six. Yeah, I think the Stars go over the Avalanche as well. I think the reigning, defending, undisputed Stanley Cup champions go out in six games as well. So we have some pretty, pretty good Stanley Cup Western Conf- Eastern and Western Conference final matchups. Of course, you got the Lightning and the who did you have and the rangers and the, the lightning and the rangers yeah the lightning and the rangers meanwhile i have the rangers and the bruins pat let's start with you who do you have winning the lightning or the rangers in the lightning versus the rangers series in the eastern conference finals i have to give it to the new york rangers in 7 Ooh. i have the new york rangers advancing out of the east to the stanley cup finals i think This is where the President's Trophy curse finally strikes, and I actually have the Rangers sweeping the Bruins in the Eastern Conference Finals because it's usually the President's Trophy curse that that does a team dirty. You saw it with the Florida Panthers last year. They got swept in the second round to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and especially in 2019, of course, your Blue Jackets sweeping the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, I think this is where the Bruins train comes to a halt. So, and then in your Western Conference Finals, you had the Knights and the Stars, while I had the Oilers and the Stars. Pat, what do you have? Even though, again, I really don't like this team, I can't deny just how purely dominant they are. They've been in this situation one time before. They're going to make it back again. I'm taking the Las Vegas Golden Knights in six, leaving the Stanley Cup matchup between the Las Vegas Golden Knights and the New York Rangers. That's actually not a very bad matchup. Now, I have the Oilers going over the Stars in seven games with Connor McDavid getting a hat trick in game seven. So, here my matchup is the New York Rangers and the Edmonton Oilers, which is another very spicy matchup. So... But let's start with you, with the Vegas Golden Knights and the New York Rangers in the 2023 Stanley Cup Final. Who do you have winning the Stanley Cup? I have a very surprising outcome for this, and I just want to take the time to say that this team will win based solely on the fact of what a uh, very questionable analyst at ESPN 
had the audacity Uh-oh. to say. Uh-oh. When Stephen A. Smith was asked what team in New York will be the first team to bring home another championship. I remember what you're talking about. Yep. His reply was the typical Stephen A. Smith fashion of, well, I think it's too early to see, but I think the Knicks have a shot. It's typical Stephen A. Smith activities. One of his fellow analysts said, well, I think the New York Rangers will be the next team to bring home a championship to the city and state of New York. To which Stephen A. Smith blatantly said, hockey doesn't count. The only three sports that matter are baseball, basketball, and football. Wow. You would think that the ESP you would think ESPN will respect hockey more, especially they will considering they are the brand new home. They absolutely that. will learn to respect it. Stephen A. Smith is going to eat his words when the city yes. of New York rejoices as the twenty twenty three Stanley Cup gets handed to your New York Rangers with Artemi Panarin winning the con smite. And not only that, Molly would also be eating her words because she joined Stephen A. Smith in saying they don't count. I'm like, seriously? The Rangers are literally one of the most run, well-run teams in the entire state of New York, and you are going to disrespect them like that. It, like I said, it was literally the most outlandish thing. And so, like I said, I can't wait until the New York Rangers lift the 2023 Stanley Cup above their heads. And like I said, Artemi Panarin – will hold the Conn Smythe Trophy in hand with that. You th- you think Artemi Panarin is going to be the Conn Smythe? Absolutely. All right. But now let's get to my Stanley Cup final matchup, and that being the New York Rangers and the Edmonton Oilers. It's going to be a fireworks show of a series. I'm looking forward to – I would be looking forward to this series if this was real. I'm praying to the hockey gods that they <laughs> actually give us this series – but give me the for the first time since 1990 the Edmonton Oilers Ooh. winning the Stanley Cup in 7 games and Connor McDavid getting the OT winner and the Conn Smythe trophy like to go it. along with it. I like it. I like that. You like that. I love that. Mhm. So now we've done our predictions. Let's get to our let's get to the dessert. The, our predictions for next season. What hot takes do you have? So, off the bat, my <clears throat> already hot take is that in the lottery coming up in just a few short weeks here, the Columbus Blue Jackets will see that logo on that so sought-after gold card on lottery night. Leading the Columbus Blue Jackets with the first overall pick to take Connor Bedard, effectively fixing the last one of the last missing pieces on an otherwise loaded roster. I do have us to get in Connor Bedard in the draft. I think he's going to be a perfect and oh so welcome addition to the Columbus Blue Jackets family to the fifth line. We're almost there. Absolutely. With that being said, with having Connor Bedard, we have to address other issues. Yeah. That are glaringly, glaringly obvious. So we will have to probably look towards a free agency. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but and my, yeah, my hot take is Buffalo finally making the postseason. I that have, might. Th- mm, that's not. That's not bad. That's not yeah. bad. I think 
because the Sabres were oh so close this year. And I think if they get a lot more veteran help, then the Sabres are definitely a team on the rise, and I think they might make the playoffs this next year. Absolutely. I mean, I like it. I, I, I will admit that. I, I, I am a fan do you have, of that prediction. Now, do you have another hot take that you want to spew out? I do. So, again, taking just a, a, a look here, like I said, the Jackets, uh, I know I'm giving a lot of Jackets, but I'm just super optimistic about where, where, where we are at this point. Um, so, assuming that we do, of course, get Connor Bedard in the draft, we also need to kind of take a look and be like, okay, you know, what are some other holes on this roster that have got to be addressed? And I think that one that has to be addressed is goaltending. Uh, right. Taking a look here. Three of the goaltenders that are listed on the Columbus Blue Jackets roster are free agents, right? Going into the next season, so that does make that makes you very, very nervous moving forward. Not to mention, like I said, our goaltending core this year already just was not good at all. It was horrible. None. It was horrible. Taking a look around the league, though, I really want us to take. The unrestricted free agent formerly played for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh. I think we have the money and we will have the draw once we have Connor Bedard to get Tristan Jari suited up in a Columbus Blue Jackets jersey. Are you sure you want to do that? I'm sure because, and I've said it, if the Blue Jackets can manage to land Connor Bedard, we only need a semi serviceable goalie we need somebody that is just serviceable because the goalies we have now they are not serviceable at all in any stretch of the mind not to mention that Tristan Jari will bring a new uh air of competitiveness to who's going to effectively be the number one goalie moving forward into the season which in my mind will hopefully get Elvis Merz-Lincolns back to the Elvis that the Blue Jackets have so sorely missed especially this past year um, not to mention that I know we can get him for a fairly good amount on his contract. We have a lot of salary cap moving into the offseason. I see no reason why we don't just take a stretch, try to get Tristan Jari, if he can just play how he's been playing, just being an average, your average run-of-the-mill goaltender. There is no way that the Columbus Blue Jackets do not make the postseason and actually start stringing together some playoff runs. Just a word of warning. That's coming from me as a Pens fan. Tell him to work on his glove hand because his glove hand is absolutely Swiss cheese <laughs> and you don't want him to be facing that many shots. Like I mentioned, the Pens have an absolutely horrendous defense. So you need to work. Just put him behind an elite defense and the Columbus Blue Jackets will be a Stanley Cup contender. That, that's no all time. we need is that. We need just a semi-serviceable goaltender and then, oh, my goodness, get one more defensive piece. Yes. I don't know who, but it has got to be somebody. Like I said, I would love to see us bring back Gavrikov. He's phenomenal. We can get him for cheap because he's overlooked. He's not the biggest name in hockey. I would love to see us get him back. Uh, another name that I would love to see us bring in on a, on the defensive end. Oh, taking a look at these free agents, man. There are so many good free agents coming up. I'm excited. Now, I would love to see us even make a possible push. I know he's going to be a lot of money, but we have the money to pay him. Make a push for Klingberg. Ooh, we have the Klingberg. money. 
We have the money. We have the money to get him on maybe a two-year contract. But I'm telling you, if we get Connor Bedard, that two years is all we're going to need out of him. For him to play alongside Zach Rowinski, because I'm just picturing in my mind what the starting five on the first night of the season could be for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. Connor Bedard at the center. Line and Gaudreau at the wings. You could have Klingberg and Rowinski on defense. Um, Tari, or, uh, sorry, uh, Jari in that. We're so we're like we're we're close, yeah. and and I say if that happens, another my other bold prediction so far for the season is the Columbus Blue Jackets will make the Stanley Cup Finals. Ooh, that that is my extremely is... bold prediction. If we get Connor Bedard and we get John Klingberg, you know, because those are the two more than likely options that do happen there. There is zero chance that we do not make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Like I said, also if we have Tristan Jari, that is. He's as weird as it's going to sound. I know from from your perspective being a Pens fan, but he would be another just like he missing piece in there. We get those three players, Stanley Cup Finals appearance, back-to-back seasons for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Calling it then, it, it things are looking up. Things, for, things are looking up. For those of you who are listening to this currently, we are shooting this episode right after we did a live version April of Sports 16th. Power Talk. On April 16th, 2023. 2023 on Sports Power Talk. I mentioned that Patrick Weber is 40% of Pat being Pat and 60% delusion. It escalated to 99% delusion during the episode. <laughs> I think he has escalated to 101%. I'm, I'm telling you, we are, we're only a few pieces away. And now that Brad Larson is not going to be the man in charge of coaching this team, we are finally... Finally, for the first time in my 21 years of existence, my 21 years of being a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, finally, for the first time in my life, I can say we have hope. We have hope to make a push for the Stanley Cup Finals. We actually can see the Stanley Cup banner hanging in Columbus. We will see it hanging there in the next four seasons at least. I can't believe it. Like it, it It's coming home. She's oh coming home, and – I, I can't. All right, read. England fans. <laughs> we. I just need one. I. I just need one, in my lifetime. I need one. Just get, get it to us now. Get it to us now, and that will also then effectively, hopefully, figure out which number thirteen is going to be the one retired for the Jackets. There's no better feeling than hoisting the Stanley Cup and watching your team hoist the Stanley Cup. That is for sure. I can't now, wait. <laughs> my bold. My other bold prediction, this is the final one, is I know I have Toronto not making it past the first round this year, but I have Toronto making it past the first round next year. They still have a lot of the they still have a lot of the decent core here. Now, win four games in the playoffs, Toronto. This is your reminder. Win four games. That's all it takes to get us to take you seriously. And then if you win 12 more games after that, then, oh, my goodness, where has this been hiding the whole time? (laughs) We will gladly talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs here on Hockey Talk for SPT Overtime. We will gladly talk about it. So, Pat, before we end the show, any final thoughts? As always, go Zips, go Jackets. For Jackets fans, it's going to be a very stressful next three weeks for us. Even if we get the number one overall pick, which I, I do believe that we will, I'm still going to be nervous because it, it, the most Blue Jackets thing ever would be we land the number one overall pick. 
Connor Bedard, the ob- the glaringly obvious pick for the number one overall. Mm-hmm. And I'm worried that we're not going to take him, but we're going to take Fantilli. Because <laughs> that would be the most Blue Jackets thing ever. We somehow have the chance of having the next Connor McDavid on our roster. And we're going to find a way to mess it up. That's what I'm worried about. Uh, however, go if, if we do get that number one overall, Jackets fans, don't worry. Yarmo has been... He's been proving he's been proving me wrong. He's been proving all of us wrong, especially after this past offseason that we just had. We have the salary cap. Sign some good defensemen. Sign a better goalie. Get Connor Bedard. And the Stanley Cup is ours, effectively, at that point. Yeah, you go from B-L-U-E jackets to B-L-E-W jackets. If you end, don't end up taking Connor yes. Bedard, if you get the first overall pick. There's there's light at the end of the tunnel, Jackets fans. Stanley Cup, she's coming home sometime soon. And as for me, the Pittsburgh Penguins, we're blowing it up, maybe. It's going to be an <laughs> implosion of the team. Better enjoy Crosby and Malkin while they last because we're going to let them go, as well as Jake Getzel, as well as Brian Rust. And maybe Tristan Jari, as well as the disappearing act known as Casey the Smith. Everything must go. <laughs> so I'm excited. So yeah, I'm excited to do a rebuild, and I'm excited to see what the Blue Jackets are going to do in the very near future. So that's going to do it for this edition of SPT Overtime Hockey Talk. Be sure to listen to our other podcasts, SPT Overtime and SPT Rewind on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts with new uploads every Monday. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at WZIP Sports so you can get so you can be the first to know about brand new episodes of SPT Rewind and Overtime, as well as Hot Mike and Around the Roof for S- Sports Power Talk. And be sure to tune in Sports Power Talk on every Sunday from eleven AM to one PM. Once again, joining me was Patrick Weber. And my name is Casey Rush. We will see you next time on another edition of Hockey Talk. You are listening to SBT Overtime, one of the few podcasts we have here on C88 WZIP.